This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard sometimes, and there are many pathways in navigating the inevitable ups and downs of life. In riding these waves, I look to my yoga practice and also therapy. We all go through tough times like big life changes, periods of instability, conflict, or loss. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist entirely online, which is very convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Take the questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And if it's not the right match for you, no worries. You can change your therapist for no additional charge. Sometimes getting started in therapy is the hardest part. To make it a little bit easier, go to the link provided in the show notes or go to visit betterhelp.com slash yoga and podcast today to get 10% off your first month. All right, before we get this show started, a huge thank you goes out to Claudia K, our newest Patreon for the Yoga and Podcast. Thank you for your support, and we really appreciate you. And if you are interested in being mentioned in one of our episodes, please consider checking out our Patreon page. And once you sign up and become a Patreon and support the podcast, you too can get a shout out. I hope you enjoy this upcoming episode. Welcome to the Yoga and Podcast. I am your host, Ashley, a yoga teacher and embodiment teacher who is living, teaching, and learning every day in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am curious about all things yoga and. Lately, I have been interviewing people and I am interested in particularly the people in the mind-body community who are contributing to the world in creative ways. And today we will explore the subject of yoga and Reiki. I'm especially excited about this episode because I will be interviewing for a second time on the show, Blair Hunter. Blair was a previous guest on the podcast. Please check out, when you get a chance, episode 11, Yoga and Beauty. And it's because of that episode, she mentions Reiki very briefly. And one of the listeners was very curious and requested that we make an episode on Yoga and Reiki. So thank you, Sarah, for requesting that. This episode is for you. We will find out what Reiki is exactly, how does it feel, how does it work, and how it can help you personally. Blair will even share with us what you can do right now to empower yourself. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is yoga teacher, business owner of Love J Beauty Bar and Namaste Events, and Reiki master, Blair Hunter. How are you today, Blair? Hi, Ashley. I'm doing great. As we were just chatting before the show, I mentioned that, yeah, you caught me at the perfect time. This is right at the end of my morning self-care kind of ritual routine. So I'm doing great this morning. How are you? I'm doing really good. Yes. I, I did share with you my cat bringing in a lizard, which was a little bit terrifying, but I've since recovered. So uh, had your self-care activities too. <laughs> yes. 
really, really important today that I did the after all that. Um, so would you, you've been on the show before you did episode yoga and beauty. Would you care to introduce yourself a little bit more to the listeners who may or may not know you yet? Yeah, so again, my name is Blair Hunter. I own Love J Holistic Beauty Bar, which is a, it's an all natural, mostly organic beauty bar in East Austin. So we carry several different lines of non-toxic clean beauty products. And I also host Namaste, which is a combination of yoga and skincare, where we paint masks on everyone's face at the end of yoga. And then um, I'm also a Reiki master. So that's one of the things that I practice through Love Jay is offering Reiki services to clients. Yeah, and um, I, I work for you. I, I do the Namaste events. I work at Love Jay. And we met through one of your events. And, and so actually, we're having this conversation about yoga and Reiki, because in your previous episode you did with us, um, you, you mentioned how you integrate Reiki in your yoga teaching. And actually, a listener uh, emailed the show and requested that we do an episode all about yoga and Reiki. And actually, I really don't know much about Reiki, so I am personally really interested in learning more. So these questions I ask are going to be pretty genuine because I, I really, it's all new to me. Um, so let's see, where do we start from here? What is Reiki? <laughs> Reiki at its basic form, um, it, it is an energy healing and it's where the Reiki practitioner channels the universal life force. I like to think of it as the vibration of love um, through their body. So channeling through the body, ultimately passing it out through the hands to whoever is receiving Reiki. Um, again, it's an energy healing. So with the idea that that life force Prana, universal love is gonna enter whoever's receiving the Reiki to um, balance out any sort of imbalances, and that can be physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So overall, it's a great stress relief healing technique, um, and it can help with all kinds of, again, anything from mental, emotional to physical imbalances. Wow, it sounds very powerful. Very powerful, but the beautiful thing about its power is that it's a very intelligent energy. Mm. You, as a practitioner, I don't have to do anything in terms of guiding the Reiki. I just have to be the channel. So it passes through me, and then the Reiki knows exactly where it needs to go within that person and meeting that person where they are. So it's not going to, it, it can feel intense emotionally sometimes, uh, but compared to other healings, it's a very soft, gentle energy. Oh, wow. So you're saying, you're saying the person receiving the Reiki can uh, experience the feeling of Reiki. It can be intense and emotional, or it can be gentle, or, or what would you say to someone want, like brand new to this idea? What, what does it feel like? Is it tingly? 
everyone experiences the energy a little bit differently. Some people do experience tingling sensations depending on you know, where the energy is flowing through the body. And they may feel tingling in some areas, numbness in others, and a whole host of other things. So I, I tend to describe the way that people experience Reiki as you might feel nothing at all and don't confuse that with it's not doing anything because it still is. Um, and then some people can experience the tingling, change in temperature. Some people have images or see colors or hear sounds. A lot of times the stomach will start moving. Um, oh, so wow. lots of tingling, there can be burping, there can be you know, passing of gas and then all the way. <laughs> so as the energy moves, it's different every time. Tears, um, a lot of times people can have, and it might not be full on crying, but it's a release of a teardrop out of the eye. So again, the, the range can be quite, you know, it can be quite large, but overall, most people just feel very relaxed. At the end of the session, it's kind of like that post-massage, you know, stoned kind of feeling. Uh -huh. Feel really relaxed. Wow. So you can get Reiki stoned and Reiki. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then add crystals and stones on top and you've really got you've really got your <laughs> wow. Oh, so I, I actually do know a little bit personally. We've I've asked you about how did you learn about Reiki, but for those who are listening, how did you find Reiki? If you could share that story. Initially, I was probably 20 and in college and one of my very very dear friends um, asked if her mom could send me Reiki and at that point I was going through something who knows what it was but I remember just thinking yeah why not and so her mom whom I'd never met sent me Reiki from a distance which is one of the ways that you can send Reiki you don't have to be physically there with the person and um, her mom sent Reiki to me and was able to pick up on things that you know, my friend didn't even know and I'd never shared with anybody just about my you know, emotional state um, and what have you. And I thought it was very interesting, but at that point in time, I was young and I just was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about it again for several years. And then when I was in California, I was living in California for about three years and I was meditating one day and knew that I was being called to do something in the form of healing and I didn't know what it was. And so I asked for, I asked for some sort of sign and meditation uh, to show me and guide me on the path of healing. And when I did, my hands started vibrating and getting very, very warm and tingly. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's my answer. And that's when the Reiki from the past with my friend's mom, even though she was sending it virtually through the years, I'd heard a little bit more about Reiki and knew that it was a, mostly a hands-on technique. And again, that point in time, I was living in California, uh, close to Berkeley, which you can find anything you want in the world of metaphysical, energetic, spiritual things. So there was a metaphysical shop across the street from where I lived. And I talked to the owner and they were, of course, doing a Reiki training, I think, the next weekend. And so I said, sign me up. And that was my start as a practitioner. Wow. And that vibration in the hands, that's spirit talking to you, right? I mean, that is, that very, is a very, very loud and clear. Very loud. Yeah. And so Reiki helps us in 
you as the Reiki healer, you're facilitating healing. You're, you're bringing energy to the practitioner, the, the person receiving Reiki, and then that's what's healing about it? Or how does it exactly help us, I guess, is kind of, I'm curious. Yeah, so that energy flows through me as the practitioner. Okay. So that healing energy flows through me. I pass it out through my hands. Yeah. So the person receiving, the receiver receives it. And again, once it enters that person's energy field, it knows where to go and, and where yeah. to work. I, I have hand positions that, you know, I typically, I typically follow, but the way that I intuit energy and everyone's a little bit different in this, I intuit energy um, by feeling in my body. So oftentimes once I start giving Reiki to a person, I will feel certain parts of my body either get tight or have a little pain. And so even though I have standard hand places that I typically follow, I'll sometimes spend a lot more time in certain areas based on what I'm feeling in my body. Mm. So it sounds like you have to be really intuitive to be a Reiki master. I think that we're all intuitive. And yeah. the, <laughs> the biggest thing is getting out of your own way, getting the ego out of it, because really there is nothing that you as a practitioner have to quote unquote do, except be the channel. And when you get a Reiki attunement, um, and I can talk a little bit more about that, there's three levels of attunement where you as a practitioner are basically um, you know, attuned to be able to give Reiki. Um, you know, once you have that, then it's really about the intent and clearing yourself as a channel. And the more clear you can get, so it's almost like meditation when you're, you know, when you're giving Reiki, as much as you can clear your mind, that's where the intuition starts to come in. You have to have the clear, the clear space so that you can hear the intuition, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So let's, I definitely want to hear about attunement, but let's, because you mentioned meditation and this episode is yoga and um, Reiki, let's talk for a moment about the yoga part of it. Um, how, would, how would you like to sort of um, expand on that, the yoga part of yoga and Reiki? Yeah, well, I think that they, yoga and Reiki speak a lot of the same language. There's some crossover terminology, prana, life force. Um, yoga and yoga, that's oftentimes used and same, same ideas apply. And in yoga, we at you know, the physical level, we're moving the body to relieve and release physical tension, unblock things in the physical body. But it goes so much deeper than that. It goes into um, this, the energetic body, the subtle bodies. And it's the same thing with Reiki. Reiki works on all of the different bodies, just like yoga. Oh, the koshas. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, similar ideas apply, um, you know, whether you're a Reiki practitioner or whether you're receiving Reiki for the first time or the hundredth time, approaching it with a beginner's mind, just as you would when you get on the yoga mat, you approach practice as if it's your first time and you greet the practice with, with what is there in that moment. The, that is definitely a big, you know, a big thing as a Reiki practitioner that 
I keep in mind is every, even if I have seen someone, a patient or a, you know, a client several times, every time they come to my table, it's a completely new time. You oh, never, wow. never know what to expect. And then again, just being in the, in the present moment, you know, something that yoga teaches us so beautifully. And again, is, is very true for Reiki. Wow. So that presence is key. So I would imagine most Reiki masters, they probably would either have a yoga practice or something like that, like in the maybe yoga adjacent. So they, cause my, my other question is to be a Reiki master, you must have to fill up your cup all the time in order to, to facilitate that. So what does that look like for you personally? And I know you personally, I know some of it, but, um, but yeah, if you want to share that. Well, you know, again, it, it is so important to be able to get yourself and your ego out of the way, because if you are practicing Reiki properly, you're never giving any of your energy away. Oh, I see. I, that is something I learned very early on. Um, and it's, you know, something on my own personal path that just creating those boundaries and creating you know, an energetic boundary so that I'm not giving all of my energy away, um, you know, has been a very important tool that I've had to learn over time. And when I was first trying to think what, um, I don't know, this is probably in 2016. And I think I had just had my first level Reiki attunement. So I was just giving able hands-on Reiki. And I started volunteering at a Reiki clinic in San Francisco. And the way wow. this clinic worked was that people would come in and there would be two Reiki practitioners working on them at one time. So they were getting, you know, a heavy influx of beautiful energy. And as the practitioner, you were seeing a lot of people in a row. So it was like four or five people in a row. And at that point in time, I did not know how to, um, or I guess I should say, you know, ego was still very much involved and I was trying too much to force and I was draining a lot of my energy. And I remember at the end of one of our, our days, the head of the center took me aside and sat me down and was like, I can see that you're not, <laughs> you're not okay. My energy was very much outside of me. Um, and he was a great teacher and teaching me some very practical things and ways to center myself prior to Reiki, prior to giving Reiki. Um, throughout and again a big reminder to get the ego out and then also practices afterwards things as simple as washing your hands and setting the intention to get any energy that's not yours out of your space so to your point yes there are definitely practices yoga meditation those are all things that as I went through all of my attunements were strongly recommended by the Reiki master who was teaching, you know, the educational piece of the course was to have those practices to be able to, you know, clear and then to your point, fill your cup. Wow, that makes so much sense. And when you were saying all that, it made me think of, um, like, yeah, you, of course you wouldn't give your energy away like that. And it's like you're a conduit for source and energy is, and that's what you said in the beginning. Um, and similarly to teaching yoga, the, 
the way I learned, or I had to learn that over the years is not give yourself away, not give your energy away, but create a sort of a sacred container. And then, um, and then the, the actually interesting, you're talking about the ritual of washing your hands, like uh. after, um, I learned that in an, um, a mentorship program in yoga, Art of Holding Space, we learned how to set boundaries and create rituals to let go of that energy that, that is not us. Lots of Epsom salt baths was a big thing, still is a big thing. Um, but I didn't realize how similar um, all that is with Reiki and yoga. That's really wild. I mean, and it makes sense because it's all so energetic. Um, right. And to your point about the teaching yoga, same, same idea of holding space in Reiki too. So yeah, very similar. So my question is, what, when people, well, let, let's talk about the attunement next, because, because that, that's, and then, then I have more questions. So yeah. what, what is, what is a Reiki attunement? What, you said there's three levels? Level one, level two, and then Reiki master. And in level one, you, once you receive the attunement, you're able to give hands-on Reiki. And what that attunement process looks like, it's, it's a little bit different depending on who you go to for your attunement, but it basically teaches you the fundamentals, the background, um, the technique, all the things, history of Reiki, and then you receive the attunement where the Reiki master traces Reiki symbols onto your hands, basically oh. passing the Reiki passing the Reiki and opening the energy channels in your body for you to be able to flow energy. So again, Reiki level one, you're able to give Reiki to yourself and others by placing hands on the body or hovering hands a couple inches above the body. But the main thing is you have to be in that space with that person or with the person receiving Reiki. Level two um, is you get a little bit deeper into Reiki and you know all, all the things behind Reiki. But at that point, once you get the attunement and the attunement itself in terms of inscribing the, the symbols onto people's hands, all of the attunements are the exact same thing. Um, it just becomes a little bit deeper every time. And then level two, you're able to actually send Reiki to a person, a situation, the world, you know, a group of people um, from wherever you are and wherever they are. So kind of that time space continuum, you don't have to be in the, the presence, the physical presence of the person or the situation. And lastly is Reiki Master and Reiki Master is where you are able to attune people. So as a Reiki Master, you can attune people for level one, level two, or to be a Reiki Master. Wow. How do, how do you know when you can move on to the next level? And, and then my other follow-up question is how long does it take to be a Reiki master? It's very different. Um, and, so, and everyone experiences the energy, kind of back to what I was saying in the beginning, everyone experiences it so differently. Mm -hmm. For some people, they don't feel anything um, when they're actually getting the attunements on their hands. They may not feel anything afterwards, whereas other people have these extreme sensations while they're getting the attunements and visions and you know, all kinds of things. And then afterwards, they have almost like a spiritual detox where that Reiki energy has filled them with so much light and they're really shedding some layers and oh. then you know everything in between. 
So I think it, it, it really depends on how you experience that energy, um, kind of what's going on in your own physical, emotional, spiritual space will determine how that's processed. Um, but in terms of the timing, it is recommended to wait. You know, definitely give yourself time to go through that process should it happen, which usually, they usually say it can be a 14-day kind of detox period, if you will. Um, you know, again, that doesn't happen for everyone. That did not happen for me. I didn't feel, I felt a slight energetic shift and I felt a little bit more, I felt a little bit more lightness, but there was nothing very extreme for me. Mm. But it's also important, especially after level one, that you give yourself time to practice on yourself and on other people. That's my own personal opinion. There are people that do level one and two together. Um, so, you know, again, it, it really depends on who you're seeing and who you align with and you want to do your trainings or your attunements with and what their philosophies are. So there's no set time um, that you have to wait between it, between attunements, but my personal philosophy is that it's good to give yourself some time to experience the energy, to use the energy, to practice the energy, and then you'll know when it's right for you to go on to the next. Since we are now in a major world shift and it's even more important now than ever to support one another and stand up for what and who we believe in. And I wanted to have a section in each episode called a spotlight corner and I want it to highlight black indigenous people of color, LGBTQ plus communities, businesses and organizations specifically in those areas. And let me say in no way is this a paid advertisement or a sponsorship. It's simply people and organizations who I think are awesome. And I would like to show my support in some way. And I hope to inspire you to support them as well. Lately, I've been taking virtual online classes with uh, Erica Nix. It's called Workout with Erica Nix. Oh my God, it's cardio, it's dancing. Both I've always been somewhat resistant and self-conscious about, but Erica makes it so fun that the time really flies when I take her classes. You learn a little bit of every dance. You learn how to cheerlead. She teaches you rave moves. You even learn how to dance to the song called Bubble Butt. These classes have been so good for me. I sweat, I get my heart rate up. Erica is a knowledgeable teacher, but she also doesn't take herself too seriously, which I really like. Dancing is so out of my comfort zone. And what I like about these online classes is I'm in the comfort of my own home, uh, learning something new, which is doable. I'm going to stick to it. Um, I've also been feeling disconnected from my LGBTQ plus community from COVID. And so this is a great way to stay connected to like-minded people as well. I want to give Erica some props because she's been teaching these workouts 
for years to her community in Austin. And she holds a safe, fun space for people who may not always feel welcome or even comfortable in traditional workout environments. So if you would like to check out Workout with Erica Nix, I'll put her info in the show notes. She has a Patreon with different tiers. It's very affordable. You can get a lot for your money. I pay $5 a month and I get access to all of her live virtual classes. On average, I'll take three of her classes a week for $5 a month. That is a steal. I hope you feel inspired in supporting Erica uh, and what she's doing. I know you will have so much fun working out with her. To be honest, we need as much lighthearted activities as we can get these days. So maybe I'll see you in class soon. You can attune people. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Have, have you attuned anyone? Uh, I've attuned my husband by oh, his yeah. own, yes, by his own desire. Oh, and that was actually my, I'd, I had been wanting to do Reiki master for, or to, you know, become a Reiki master for a while. And when we met, he, he had a strong interest in Reiki. Um, I would give him Reiki and it would help him fall asleep immediately. And he'd always feel a lot lighter after any Reiki. Oh. So he decided that he wanted to be able to give me Reiki back, which great. I, I love, I love that. Really, and it puts me right to sleep too. It's a great, it's a great give and take. Awesome. <laughs> but I told him, I said, I will either, if you want to go get your level one, that's great. And I can recommend people, or if you want me to attune you, I'll go get Reiki master. And it was his decision that he would rather get the attunement from me. So that was when I decided, okay, now it's time for me to do, to do my Reiki master attunement. And um, yeah, so I attuned him for that. And after I got my attunement and I've attuned friends um, yeah, and it is something that I offer as I don't offer it super publicly on my website, but it is something that I do offer for individuals or small groups. Mm, very cool. And so let's talk a little bit about you do um, Reiki in your yoga teaching and you do a class um, on that. You want to talk about that? started not long before uh, everything happened with COVID. We'd started a namaste class where we do the, we actually put jade masks on when we do the Reiki, but it's a Reiki and meditation class. And I was inspired by this when my husband and I went on our honeymoon to Hawaii. We stayed at this beautiful little resort that offered yoga and other healing classes every day. One of the classes that they offered was this Reiki meditation. And I thought that sounds really cool. I'm going to go. And I did. And it was beautiful. Um, the instructor, there were five people in the class and the instructor led a really, really sweet guided meditation. And while she was doing that, she went around to every person and gave hands-on Reiki. Um, not a full body session, of course, but she gave us Reiki on our feet, on our head, and then somewhere in our, our midsection. And I thought this is a really great, it's just an added bonus and added self-care to a regular meditation practice. And so as soon as we got back from Hawaii, I added, added one to our schedule. 
cool. Interestingly <laughs> enough, um, every class that we add, and every non-ASCA class that we had added at Love J had a pretty slow, um, pretty slow start time, or I should say launch time. It would be like nobody would come to class for the first couple of weeks, and then classes would slowly start to build. But with the Reiki meditation class from week one, we almost had full classes every week. And I think it's a really nice way for people who are interested in Reiki, but maybe a little bit hesitant or a little bit unsure to experience in a way that A, they're with other people, and B, it's not um, that full body experience. Mm. Like little digestible pieces of Reiki inserted in the meditation. Mm -hmm. Got it, exactly. Reiki light. Yes. Yeah. Because what I have found is a lot of people are very interested in Reiki. They've heard of it. They know people that have had Reiki healings. They know people who are Reiki practitioners, but there's some, there's some bit of uncertainty or a little bit of fear around trying it, but there's a lot of interest. So uh, again, the Reiki meditation is a, is a good intro. So the name Reiki. I think the name is very mysterious. Reiki, is it named after a person? What, what, like, is it a translation for something? What is the name Reiki? What is that about? Reiki itself, the, if you break it into two parts, the key is pretty easy because it's, or not easy, but I think it's more um, well-known because it translates to more of the chi and life. Oh, okay. And then the Ray part is more of this universal knowledge. Um, oh, so the okay. chi the, the itself knows exactly what to do and where to go. It's a very smart, intelligent energy. And so that's the Reiki. So it's, it's, Japanese, it's Japanese and, and it's lineage. Oh, okay. Okay. You literally read my mind just now. Cause I was like, it was this Asian, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yes. It originated in Japan. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And that, that like, it's less mysterious just knowing where it came from. It's le it's like, it's like more, okay. You know, you can wrap your head around it a little bit. I'm a, I'm a huge acupuncture junkie. I love acupuncture. And so, and that's, there's a lot of energetics in that. And so like knowing that Reiki also energetics came from Asia, it's like, I can kind of like, oh, this is not too out of the box of what I'm already, I mean, I know they're, they're different mo modalities, but it's less mysterious, um, just knowing that. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Like you said, they're originations in the same area. And like you said, uh -huh. same, um, same ideas, just slightly different modalities. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a, a Reiki community in Austin? Do you a bunch of Reiki people get together and hang out? I mean, I know maybe not right at this very moment while we're in shelter in place, but um, what, what is that? Is, is there a community? I don't know. There's okay. not one that is actively out in the open that I've seen, and maybe I just haven't done a lot of research, but one of the things that I was considering doing before COVID mm -hmm. um, is something that we did in San Francisco was Reiki shares where Reiki practitioners get together and give Reiki to each other. Um, it's a really, you know, it's just a really sweet way to give 
to other practitioners because a lot of times we as practitioners don't um, take the time, I guess I should say, to get Reiki from someone else. Like I said, I'm lucky that my thinking can give me Reiki, so I get bits of Reiki. Um, That's great. But, <laughs> I know, it's so nice. But before, um, you know, before he was attuned, I very rarely, it's funny, I very rarely went to get Reiki. And when I did, it was such a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this idea of, of Reiki share, and like you said, just getting practitioners together to share to share um, in a common space. But yeah, I don't know of any off the top of my head. Okay. Well, it's, it seems like kind of a rare thing. Like, like for instance, in Austin, there's like so many yoga teachers, the yoga teacher community is huge, right? But then Reiki, Reiki is not something we hear every day. And it, yeah, I, I would imagine it would be a much smaller amount of people. Um, I definitely hear, oh, have you met so-and-so? She's a Reiki master. Have you met so-and-so? She practices Reiki, but they're a very one-off type thing. One-off. Like, yeah, I think, I would imagine every yoga teacher in Austin knows maybe, like, one Reiki person, but there might be, like, 10 Reiki people in all of Austin or, you know, (laughs) something like that, you know, Um, kind of more of a rare, rare um, amount of people. So what, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it seems like there are, I've come across or heard of many people who are, or I I guess I should say have been attuned, but very few people, or I shouldn't say very few, but not a lot of people that actually practice it as their full-time job. I see. I see. It's something that they are trained in, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. lot of people too will use it mixed with other modalities Mm -hmm. Um, massage therapists so I've seen some massage therapists that it's Reiki massage but it's more the focus is more around the massage versus the Reiki Reiki facials and yeah Reiki mixed with all kinds of other modalities but it seems um and I could be wrong but the 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 more common modalities a massage or a facial are the things that are led Is there a particular reason why people might seek out Reiki as a healing modality for themselves? People that come in to see me for Reiki come for a variety of reasons. If there was one reason that I hear most often, it's for stress. Mm. And then from there, you know, there's oftentimes physical people come in for digestive issues, anxiety, depression, maybe they've had a physical injury. Um, Sometimes people come in because they have frequent headaches. Uh, Yeah, there really is all all across the board. Well, you mentioned, um, you mentioned when you gave your husband Reiki, he would sleep good and he would give you Reiki, you would sleep good. So it sounds like Um, I mean, I know so many people have such a hard time sleeping. It sounds like it would, it helps with stress. It helps with sleep. It helps with digestion. It sounds like it just helps in all these different ways. Like, um, like you said, the variety of, of reasons. Um, yeah, just through the natural mechanism of relaxation, people are able to manage and cope with their stress better. They're better able to sleep. 
Um, and then that allows their body, both physically, emotionally, spiritually, to begin that healing journey. Oh, that's, that is awesome that you are able to give people that. And um, how cool is that? So my question is, anyone who's hearing this who's interested in trying Reiki for the first time, or somebody interested in becoming a, a Reiki master, a Reiki practitioner, what advice would you give for those people um, as, a, as a place to get started? For anyone who wants to try Reiki for the first time, you know, there's definitely things that you can read on the, on the internet that'll give you a basic idea. But I believe in the, I believe it's very important for that practitioner client relationship to be very safe. So if you're interested in trying Reiki for the first time, research Reiki practitioners. And then once you find one or two that you feel like may be a good fit, give them a call or shoot them an email and have a, a brief conversation and see if it feels right. Wow. Um, you know, if you know someone who practices Reiki, um, you can always talk to them and get a little bit more insight. But again, that, that safe space is so important and the ability to be able to feel safe and comfortable with your practitioner is key. And then for anyone who's interested in practicing Reiki, um, again, I would say if there's anyone that you know that practices Reiki, reach out and ask all the questions that you have or reach out to, I love talking about Reiki and answering people's questions. So, you know, people can always reach out to me and I'm happy to answer questions. But I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are like me in that mm -hmm. and are willing to share and, and offer information and support. Mm. I have a couple more questions actually, or three more questions. I've just recent, I just came to mind. You can send out Reiki like all over the world now? very intention-based. Reiki is very intention-based, just like anything else. But yeah, you're ultimately sending that light and love to the world. How does that feel? Like, do you, does it feel like anything? I'm, I'm just so curious. Like, for me, it feels, a lot of times when I send it to someone or something or a situation that's not actually physically present with me, mm -hmm. I will feel, you know, just a, a light tingling and sensation mm -hmm. and vibration in my hand. Sometimes the, there is a density. Um, you can feel like almost a density palpitating in your hands. Wow. Um, but those, but yeah, again, it, it'll be a little bit, a little bit different for everybody, but it's no overwhelming. Okay. It, it sounds like a very stable kind of energy thing, not, not a combustive kind of erratic energy. Right. Yeah. And again, it's just, you know, being, being that channel. So just letting, uh, the, letting the energy pass through you and letting it pass um, with your intention to share and provide healing light and love to the entire world. Cool. So which is beautiful. And if, you know, if, People did that, even people who don't practice or aren't attuned to give Reiki, that's still something that every single person can do with intention. 
Yeah, you're right. Like, um, people may not realize their own power and, and we all, so even though, yeah, like, like what you're saying, like, that's what people can do right now at this very moment. They don't have to, um, wait. Yeah. Which brings up something that would probably be very controversial to, to some Reiki masters and practitioners, but if you take your hands and you just feel, I think we've done this, right? Have we done this? But you just start to feel within your hands, we all have that energy and that vibration there. And our hands, for every single one of us, can be a form of healing and positive vibration. Mm -hmm. So again, with intention, you can you can use your hands, you can use your thought just to pass healing vibes along to yourself or to anyone. I love it. So how has yoga cultivated tools in understanding uh, Reiki? Or, or did you get into yoga before Reiki or, or is it vice versa? I've been practicing yoga for almost 20 years. So yoga yeah. definitely came first okay. as an overall and consistent practice. Mm -hmm. But as we were talking about a little bit earlier, yoga definitely helped to set the foundation for some of the quote unquote language, if you will, things like mm. prana, things like life force that may um, in a different context sound funny and woo woo. But in, when you practice yoga, that just becomes very much part of the, the dialogue and part of the practice. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like practicing yoga helps you maintain that clear channel or is it, or is it meditation or is it both or is it something else? It's both for sure. Okay. Having okay. a consistent yoga practice helps me to be in my body mm -hmm. and out of my head. And then the meditation piece helps me to see um, when thoughts are entering, when thoughts are entering the mind and be able to let them go. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a combination of both being able to be in my body and out of my head. But then when I can actually see what's going on in the head, that's the ideal combo. Cool. All right. Where can people find you? The best place to find me is um, through LoveJ, so either through the website or Instagram, or you can always give us a call. Cool. And all that information will be in the show notes, so you're one click away from connecting with Blair. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's so good to have you back, and I hope to have you back on soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always fun. All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode about yoga and Reiki with the knowledgeable Blair Hunter. She really shed a lot of light for me about this subject. Reiki was something I've always heard about and I knew people who did it, but I had no idea what it was exactly and what it did exactly. And so now all those questions are answered and I am so intrigued to experience it myself. If you liked what you heard, please share this episode with your friends. Also, please consider supporting the podcast on our Patreon. There are exclusive member perks. 
There is a link in the show notes, or you can simply go to my website, ashleyweberyoga.com to find out more. If you would like to help the podcast further, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you leave us a review or become a Patreon, we will mention you in our next episode and you'll be forever immortalized in this evergreen content. You can email us at yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. The and is spelled out Y-O-G-A-A-N-D podcast at gmail. Please follow us on Instagram at yogaandpodcast. And let us know if you have any specific topics for future episodes. We now have merch such as coffee mugs, tote bags, t-shirts, and more. And you can find that out at ashleyweberyoga.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.